Brett Perigo, tonight's second place finisher. Plenty of fans here, Brett, and a solid second place finish. Yeah, I got to shout out the uh, Turn 2 Terror Boards over there. Uh, they're all a bunch of good guys to hang out with and talk to. I, I really like them. Hey, I'm talking here. <laughs> you know who you're talking to? <laughs> my domain! <laughs> <laughs> On my way to Monday Night Raw! The second one. <laughs> <laughs> Your choice. It's a oh. trap. I feel like it is. Like he's, he's setting up fights in the front stretch. Is what he's trying to My bad. I thought it was me. I'm like, oh no, my my stuff's broken. I'm here talking and I had my I had my uh my mic not fully plugged in. What's going on, June 5th? <laughs> Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh it is June 5th. Jeremy here. I'm Jimmy. Um I'm all screwed up now because of that. We got a lot to talk about though. Uh we had the Steve Smith tribute race at Lincoln, some drama there, of course, unfolded. Um, a little bit of a rivalry, a little bit of the gloves coming off between Anthony Macri and Brent Marks a little bit. Uh, we got high limit to talk about outlaws, all-stars, local PA racing this week and upcoming. But, uh, first, uh, we're going to bring on in a second here, young driver, Cam Smith, driver of the Trone 39. Excited to talk to him about, uh, his season so far and his weekly progression as he continues to find speed. Finished seventh at uh, at Lincoln on th on uh, 
on Saturday night. So great place run for him. Friday night. What's that? Had a fourth place more run away. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we'll talk to him about his uh, career and season so far and what the future holds. But uh, Jay-Z, how you doing first? Man, I, I am good. I'm excited. Um, good weekend of racing. I got to took a night off Friday and had I couldn't get enough streams up at one time. I got to watch everyone else race uh, instead of watching one in person. And it was a nice break for one night. Um, hated to, to not be at the racetrack when I could have been at the racetrack, but it's going to be a long season and uh, tanks almost running on empty. It feels like already. Um, and I'm just a fan. So I took the night off. It was great. And I uh, made it to Lincoln Saturday. I got there a little bit late and the weather was a little dicey here and there, but I got there and, you know, it did end up raining, unfortunately, but uh, still a pretty good night of racing and, uh, you know, a little drama to go with it and got home in a decent hour. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, I forgot about BAPS too on Thursday. We'll talk about that as Thursday. well. That was, you were home by like one, of reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons I didn't go Friday was, a, you know, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, you know, there's three four day race weekends, they add up quickly. So I did go to BAPS Thursday night, was home again at a great hour. Um, they kept that moving really nicely and had a, another fantastic race of BAPS. I mean, never a bad race there. That surface is great. Uh, I was at Williams Grove only on Friday. I was helping out, uh, not really helping out, but more or less just standing around and watching uh, Brett and uh, Carmen Perigo. Carmen was running the East Coast 360 race. That was pretty interesting. We'll talk about that and, and a lot more. So um, without further ado, though, let's bring on the man of the hour, uh, Cameron Smith. Cam, how you doing? Thanks Good. for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So you got out of work early enough to make it tonight. Uh, did you get a free pass on that one, or was this a scheduled night off early? Oh, um, we were working on Tim's daughter's quarter, rear quarter machine axle. She so many different ways on Wednesday, last Wednesday. So we were working on that. Yeah, I, I texted him earlier on in the day. I said, can I get early? And then at like 7.45, I was like, oh, shoot, you should probably go. And, and him click. And got it. So I, I know where you work. I know who you work with and kind of what you do. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but let's start with a little bit of your background. Um, you're a pretty young guy, so there's not like I have to go back very far in the uh, history books here to learn about your racing. Uh, but tell me a little bit about your family. Um, kind of, you know, I think a lot of us that are close to you and know you enough, you know, Tim Gladfelder is a big part of your life. And uh, tell us a little bit about your racing history and in your family's racing history to up until now. Yeah, um, um, I started racing in teen, and uh, I think I was nine. I was either nine or ten when I started. And uh, midgets for uh, uh, three years, I think, think, or two. And then I I ran micros for, for two years at, at uh, Ways and Linda's. And then um, in 2021, I moved up to a 258. I ran only like 15 or so races that season. Most of the races at Trailways, and then like four or five at Lincoln. And and then the next year, 2022, I ran 58 for most of the year. And then I got six, five, five wins and then um, and asked if he'd race for me. And obviously I said, yeah, 3-4-10 ride. And then um, I won another race. And now John wanted me to run for him again in 
Imperial Troy and you have story some form. Audio Jay Z. Sorry about that. Um work two for two here, but um <clears throat> so that that kind of leads me into what you are doing for work. Uh you are still in school. I don't know you might be out for summer break, but are you what what year of school are you going into? my last year got it so you're going to be a senior you're off for the summer uh in the evenings during the week you work where oh i was i'd go to school obviously in the morning and then for pretty much go to the shop until it depended on the night but probably around like five or six and then go to the car lot tim's car dealership um for the last like hour or two of the day and help got it so everything you do pretty much all day revolves around some kind of cars uh would that be correct yeah yeah i pretty now i'm pretty much probably for a little in the morning and then yep go to the car lot and detail cars and stuff like that got it so um <clears throat> i you know Tell us a little bit about the, you know, your, put it this way, I, I, as an observer, kind of watching, you know, you kind of burst onto the scene for me. You know, I, I watched you race the trailway. The, the one night I went to trailway before it closed, uh, may it rest in peace. Um, you know, you were racing 358s, and um, I think something happened to the primary motor you ran. And, you know, I came over and was talking to Tim, and he said, I got this motor from like a barn, and we don't even know if it runs. And, you know, you, you know, you, you had to show up and you're running for points and you're going, and I think you end up running fourth that night with this motor. It, it really impressed me because yeah, it doesn't take, you know, a ton of motor at trailway, but it matters. It matters that it runs all night. It matters that it has enough to at least hold your own and it can be a big problem. And, you know, it was super impressive to me. And then it really caught my eye and like, you know, I'm not the first one on to like what you were doing because you were already succeeding at, at that point, but it was really this like rapid rise in 358s like you caught on to this very very quickly and then you know you go into that last season and you win five races in a 358 why do you think that transition from was so easy into a full-size car in, in that division what do you think what do you think it was um uh probably just i mean i went to the race the spring car races all my life and i saw how the guys run do like certain moves with setting up for passes and stuff but another thing that helps too which have which not not a lot of kids have is um just experience with working on the car and stuff not tim and the crew like they they knew what to do and i told them one thing they knew exactly that was a huge advantage in 358s especially 410s pretty much everyone uh with 358s i think some people some people that are new don't uh, uh work on it but they're not the best at getting the car right i, I feel like I when I tell, tell Tim what the car grade on, on uh, the next time I went out on the track, so that was probably the big, biggest thing. I just had probably every night, which uh, yeah, that's probably the main reason. Um, if you and Tim ran a three fifty eight race together, heads up, who wins? Uh, I don't know. That's hard because a three. But I think it depends on the track surface. If it's if it's on the bottom, bottom obviously that's the only 
the place he runs. Um, how many times have you been on the racetrack around him in a 410? I don't know. I mean, we, we race against each other, but we haven't really raced like, like, like too much. Probably like two or three times, but just minimal stuff jobs on each other or anything. Like, we were like, or we could see each other asking for a position that I can remember. So when you come off the racetrack, um, is he the first one to at your car? Basically, now I, you're in. A, you're in. Um, actually, let's try this. If you could just go audio only, I want to see if it clears up your your audio. If that's all right. Um, so when you come off the racetrack, obviously in in your four ten, you, you're driving for John Trone and you have a crew chief. Um, is Tim just as active with helping you out and what the car is doing and what you need with with that deal as as the 358? Well, um, um, it's up there. Like if he's racing like Fridays and he pretty much, unless it's uh, Saturday at Lincoln, yeah, he's there and like he'll talk to me after the races. But I mean, Kevin's the one that first want to talk to me when I get out of the car and ask what's up and everything. But yeah, me and him and Ted in, in a circle and talk about what we can do to get the car better. So yeah, I mean, it's a, now Kevin has the final say and he does what he think will be best, which usually is pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that you know you have some trust there, and which you know, listen, like it's experience. He he's been around a long time, and there's some trust there for you. Um, I read an article. Um, just a couple days ago, uh, Jeremy Elliott wrote and kind of talked with you and about, you know, what's what's been happening recently. And, you know, I think there's been a noticeable improvement in your results here in the last two weeks. And I know you and I chatted into pits, uh, I don't know, maybe a week and a half. I don't even know which day it was. I, these all races run together. Um, but you had mentioned that you had ran the car Troy was running and you felt, you know, a little better with it. And you, you, saw, you found some things. Did you then go back to your car or have you stayed in that other car? And what do you think really helped your comfortability here in the last two weeks? No, no I'm still, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I just, it's just different. I don't know how to explain it, but the car definitely. Fun. But yeah, I think the, the main thing is uh, we, we just kind of focus on Troy and Wilbur a lot, but I think it's just we, we get to, we only have to focus on one car makes it's a little too much for just like four or five guys in the pitch to get a car right after yeah probably just um focusing on one kevin and the crew can just work right instead of two so uh everyone's putting their effort into one car which i think makes a difference i mean it, it has to in some way or another it's not like it gets easier with more cars so uh it makes a lot of sense um, I, you know, I got a chance to watch the Williams Grove race this past Friday, sort of as in a different perspective. Usually I'm somewhere in the infield and I can see about, you know, 30% of the racetrack. I got to watch that race on, on dirt vision and, and really kind of see it from, from an angle I haven't seen this year. And I was really impressed with your ability to kind of move around a little bit, be, you know, not be afraid to search. Uh, I know you talked a little bit afterward about, you know, you were a little frustrated that you maybe didn't move. Um, but I, you know, watching that race, I think you did a really, really good job. I mean, how do you evaluate 
I know no race car driver likes to finish fourth, but how, how do you kind of evaluate your night? Um, the difference with being able to move around the track is throttle control. But like, I was like, I run in so hard into the corner and then I just buzz my wheels coming off or slide up. And I think control that you need in a 410 compared to a 358 in order to run the bottom and even like on the cushion bottom stuff because I don't want to throw the front end. But, um, yeah, Friday, I'm kind of thinking I should have at least got third. I, I think I had a third place car. Danny and Freddie were to everyone else, but I think I was better than Lucas once I got my wing back. I was about ready to pass. Yeah, that's kind of bummy. It would have been cool to get my first podium in a 410, but I, Lucas, I, I think I watched the video, uh, the National Open video from like 2005, and I was born in 2005 so he's been racing as long as i've been alive and for where they go so i'm not too worked up over it but i definitely want to get better we got uh the 39 is a pretty storied ride here in central pa you know not just for you to jump up to the 410s in your rookie season but to do it in that type of ride was there any extra pressure then you know, maybe if you're doing it somewhere else or, or uh, anything like that? Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of pressure, but they, they want me to, they, they understand that I'm not going to do great every time on the track, but yeah, they're good because, I mean, the people that were in the ride before were all so good. So, I mean, Jonathan, he expects me to do good, but I don't think he expects me to win every race. He knows how hard it is to win a 410 race now i mean there's definitely a lot of pressure but uh we're getting better so it's it's kind of relieving now now that uh you know you're getting you're closing in on a podium finish here uh you're getting you know you probably this was probably your best weekend so far in a 410 am i am i right in saying that i mean a fourth and a seventh are pretty good results um what's your goal for the rest of the season um, well, well, I mean, my goal for every race, that's so tough to do, but, uh, probably just could consistent finishes like inside the top five. I mean, I just, we just try to go and win every, at every race we go to and just try to get better and better. Of the tracks that you run on regularly, what, what has kind of become your, your favorite track so far? Um, well, probably. Probably without other than because I won, won every spring car race I ran there, but with the 410 and stuff, comfortable there. I ran the most races there, and I know what the track does and how to set up the corners and skin for most comfortable. But the path's definitely my favorite track. It's so cool there. Uh, I, I knew that answer probably before uh, <clears throat> before I asked it, but. Uh, you and I chatted about that a little bit. And, um, you know, if you've ever, if you've never got to watch Cam run laps around Path Valley in any sprint car, it, you need to go do it. Um, it's impressive and it, it looks like a, he makes it look like fun and it probably is. Um, but he does a really nice job on the, on the tight bull rings. And that's definitely, and we talked about it, it fits into your driving style. And I think, you know, uh, going from a 358 to a 410, I think that's also why you did so well at Lincoln in the 358 really early and quickly adapted to it. It has some of those characteristics. Um, 
jumping up to a 410, whether you like a track or you don't, is, is a challenge. So um, did you you ran maps Thursday night, correct? Yeah, yeah, we struggled a little bit, but I mean, I met them. That's where I ended up. So, yeah, we didn't do too, too good. And, and listen, I, you know, if, if you look at the rundown of that field, that was a pretty stout field from first to wealth. You know, so you were battling with guys that, you know, they've won races, they've ran up front. So, you know, I was watching you run a little. I, I saw the aggressiveness that you had. I saw, you know, you were making moves, you were changing lines. Um, you know, not that you haven't before, but, you know, I, I just think this past week was really impressive uh, from my standpoint. So um, it, it just looked like you were driving with some confidence. I, you know, you, you look comfortable, if that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. I, I did after – I don't know. Last week at Lincoln, um, five behind Aaron, and I, I, I was just kind of the first like ten laps of the race. I was just kind of floating gate and like grabbing the cushion and driving back off of it. But then they were pulling away from me, and they were Joe, and I was like, if they can do it, I can do it too. So, so I just tried, it and I kept getting better and better and better. Back that passed me, and then yeah, yeah. I think ever since then, my confidence. Got a lot better, and then Friday I, I was running the top um against the wall. So yeah, I think confidence throwing slide jobs and stuff like like that with without confidence, I don't think you can do it as good. So confidence has definitely helped me in the last week or two. Yeah, I, I agree completely, and I, I I think it shows. You know, I think it shows on the track, and. You know, and I think at some point you're going to have to learn how to get comfortable on a cushion in a 410 and not just get comfortable, but be able to drive it and be aggressive. There's a point where that's just going to have to be what you got to do, not just go up there because everyone else is, but go up there with a purpose and intention. Um, and that takes time and, and, and being comfortable and knowing that you're you're not going to go up there the first time and, and just make big jump because that's expensive. So um, plans the rest of the year, kind of kind of the same same thing you're doing. Uh, any any traveling outside the normal normal uh, normal tracks? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. We different places all the time just because it'd be fun. But uh, who knows if we'll actually do it? I mean, we'll good. Maybe John will let us travel a little bit. But as of now, I think we're just gonna stay in the area. Yeah. yeah. Um, any port races on your schedule? Um, probably like it, if, if there's like out, if there's, if Lincoln's not racing, they run up, up there, but, um, I don't, I don't think we're going to go to Lincoln instead of port just cause we are on equipment and I, I kind of struggle there and I've been running better at Lincoln. So I think we're, we're just going to. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I agree. I think that's, you know, probably the, the, for now, that's the way to go for sure. Uh, I just knew that, like, what was your second or third 410 start ever? Was it Port Royal last year? So, uh, <laughs> what did you think of that, by the way? How was that experience? Um, well, it was it was against the world of outlaws, and it was my second before and didn't qualify. And after I didn't qualify, I think they'd be like, I oh, will try again next week. But no, they, they thought it, they said, let's go right racing against the outlaws at Port Royal. So, we got there and signed this document like two weeks before and get it notarized and everything. So when we got there, we loaded and then I, th I went and got the papers and they said that, that I filled them out with the and they said that ain't going to work. So I had to wait, wait till my mom got there to sign the 
papers. When we took it up to the guy that like was in charge of it, and he said that we needed to get it notarized, so we were like, we thought we were screwed. Tim and my mom ran to some random guy's like backyard. He had like a a note of like his backyard, and they notarized it during heat in the motor. And I sat in the trailer car because they wouldn't even let me get it in. That is awesome. <laughs> That's dedication. I, I right there. remember hearing that story, and I forgot about that part of it. Uh, I think I heard about it that day when when you were there, and I totally forgot about that. It's hilarious. Um, we a uh, Jimmy. Go ahead. Oh, we got a couple shout outs here, real quick, from the chat. Uh, Mac from Australia. Good day, Cam and Terribles. All the best for the rest of the season, Cam. Uh, cheers from down under. So you got you got yourself an Aussie fan there. Uh, Stephen Klingel, watching from Florida. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and then uh, we got. Uh, well, we're gonna save that question. That's usually that's usually a question for later. We'll get there. But um, all right. Well, I'll do mine, and we'll get into that one. So, Cam, how many episodes have you watched this? It's okay if you say zero. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. Um, I watched the one with uh Jaden, Troy, uh, Devin. I think I watched the one with Justin Wish. All right, so you know what's coming, right? You know my question? I, I, I think so. Right. <laughs> you, you have to name two drivers tonight. You're going to call out some drivers, good good, and maybe, you know, whatever. One driver you love racing with, uh, you have a good time. Um, you, you just enjoy racing with that person. Yeah, you want to pass them, but you, you, you just enjoy it. And then one driver that is just a pain, kind of pain in your ass, tough to pass, hard to race around. Uh, not a personal thing, just just a hard hard to race around. I need one of each. Um, I don't know. You know uh, someone nice to race around. I, I mean, I'd say Tim, but I'll say someone there. I don't really know. Usually, I'm the one getting mm-hmm. past, so, so that usually they don't race, have to race me too hard because I'm usually pretty. When I'm actually racing someone for position, I don't know have to say someone like someone like Chad Trout or something who's not all darty and throwing sliders and race clean someone like Chad Trout or even Danny me and Tim were talking about the other day he ain't darty and stuff he'll race you clean how you race him yeah so probably people normal and for someone I don't like race I don't really have any issues with people I've raced against i just like him i just know that devin borden's all over the place and directs a lot lot of people so probably fair enough jimmy all right well so uh tony sharp here pa posse 410 spring cars asked us this is also chris's question that i usually ask every week what uh tony asked what local race or event would you like to win most like to win in a 410. And I'm also going to expand that question to what race in general could be Knoxville, Eldora, whatever. What's like your number one race that you want to win locally and nationally, or it could be both. Um, locally, I'd probably have to say the next, um, this one class I didn't have service in. I download like all, all the national 2000 all the way up to now. And I watch like every single one. One. So, I mean, I kind of see like the history. Try to 
win and how hard it is to win it. So probably the national open at the Grove. Um, um for probably like a, a national race, definitely the Chili Bowl because midgets are like the coolest car. I'd rather race a midget than a sprint car if I could probably. But, but yeah, definitely the Chili Bowl. I need to make the show there. I mean, it's did the best of the best in all sorts of different places like NASCAR Ferrucci. You got like, like third in the Indy 500 race raced it so it's just all different levels so definitely the chili bowl is the main race i want to win when i'm older mark one down for the chili bowl that's a new one yeah for us. i think that's the first one that we've heard and you know you definitely would make chris proud and make all of us proud with the national open there that would be awesome He's the um, national open chili bowl. I, I can't i can't yeah. argue that <laughs> any prospects for the chili bowl like is that something that you're actively pursuing or that's just something that you just want to do one day. I I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of a dream. I mean, if if me around the Chili Bowl, I mean, it'd be awesome to go out to Tulsa and just focus on racing for all. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if someone will give me a ride, but I mean, I'm not going out on my way to bull ride or anything. If I'm good enough to get an opportunity, I'll do it that way. One thing I wanted to ask you, and I, I forgot about this till now, you got a chance to drive a wingless 410 down in Volusia. How was that? Um, I'm not as bad as I thought it would be. The first, like, warm-ups, I just kind of put it around. I, was, I got a little better, but it's not, it's definitely different, but it's not control as it seems, but, um, yeah, it was it was cool. I, I mean, me, Tim, and Lee, and, and his crew guy Nick, we all went down, and all we had to do for a week is maintenance the things and race later on on at the night. It it was a lot of fun. It was definitely cool racing against all those guys. It was it was definitely cool. And uh, even the last night, I I was in the B meter blew up, but I was still running. It was just, just like a rod was like knocking or something, and open red and when we came i came into the pits because the guy that flipped hit my car so i came was okay and kyle cummins came came over and like completely reblocked the car put different different stuff in and when i went back out with his setup it was like a completely different car i went for spot but there wasn't that many cars it was probably like 12 cars but i came up to like six or something features which was cool so yeah, it was it was definitely cool. I made the feature. Thing. I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't know. Maybe only two, but it was it was cool. It was the most fun I've had this year, just because it was kind of like a vacation and it was Florida, 20 degrees here. But yeah, that was probably the most fun I've had in a race car this year. It was uh, it was interesting. Before you went on that trip, I met Lee. He was buying his new truck um, at the the dealership I was working at at the time, like a few days or a week or two before you guys went down. And man, he couldn't have been more excited for for the the trip. And he was getting all prepared and stuff. And it was neat to like follow along and kind of watch you get better. And I was watching both nights. I think Evolution by the by the second night, like the pace you picked up was, was super impressive. And I think you were pretty smart about it. And I don't think that anyone went down there with some expectations of like anything. It was like you said, a pressure was off. You could go down and learn. You got to hang out in Florida and, and, and enjoy some warm weather while we were miserable here. So 
good for you. So, hey, shout out some sponsors, some people that help you out, help this thing get up and down the road every week. Um, well, first I need to thank the crew. Um, me and Kev work in the shop of the week, so um, definitely Kevin and uh, uh, Barry go to the races. Barry comes to the shop a few nights of the week sometime, and, and uh, uh, not many people would invest thousands of dollars to just let a 17-year-old have fun on the weekends for uh, giving me the opportunity. It's pretty cool that he lets a younger kid from a race a, race a 410 for nothing. So, uh, yeah, that, that guy. And, and uh, for sponsors, um, Turn Outdoor Advertising, Print Media, Vortex Wing. Penske shocks, um, products, maximum chassis, uh, brickers, and I think that's it. I think Battlefield Vodka, but I don't think I can say them or something. But they. I think we lost. Are we still there? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to say that yet. But anyway, um, <laughs> I will. Battlefield Vodka, sponsor of the 39 uh, Turn Team. They have been for a long time. Uh, they have a stand at Lincoln Speedway just inside the Turn 1 entrance of the racetrack. Uh, summertime slushies are there. They do some mixed drinks. Cam may not be able to say it, but I'll shout them out for you because <laughs> I am well over the age of 21. So, uh, Cam, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was good to get to know you. Um, if, if, do you, do you have merch by the way? Do you have any merch? Well, I, so many people ask me that and message me that, but no, not yet. I don't will be on it, but so far we don't have any yet. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get some done this year, but, uh, just the, uh, 69 shirts from last year. All right. So you go to the racetrack, go say hi to Cam, say hi to the team, buy a shirt, support this guy. He's an up and comer in Central PA. Uh, lots of wins already and more wins to come. Uh, thank you for spending a few minutes, minutes with us, buddy. And uh, we'll see you around the racetrack. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Cam. Hey, no problem. Take care, buddy. Cam Smith, everyone. That was that was a fun interview. Uh, as always, yeah. a lot of these drivers are pretty awesome. And he's, uh, he's definitely a young, up and coming kid. You know, yeah. uh, good good head on his shoulders it seems like and he's got a lot of talent that's for sure um you know i was gonna be interesting the chili bowl thing really threw me off with him a little bit just uh oh, same i didn't i don't think i knew that or or would have would have guessed that you know yeah. yeah but i mean we're in wing country and not that he wasn't gonna go wing racing but it was pretty likely he was gonna go wing racing if he was gonna start racing so oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, background, so that only makes sense all right, so let's get into the week that was um, in sprint car racing here. I guess we'll start Wednesday with High Limit. Um, they were at Tri-City in Granite City, Illinois. Um, Kyle Larson with the win. Um, Rico Abreu second. Corey Lyason third. Um, Macri was fourth. Um, and Bre this one had some PA posse drama in the front. Um, cause you had Danny Dietrich who was in the early lead, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. and Brent in second, um, and something happened to Danny's car right in front of Brent and pretty much took both of them out, but you know, not by anybody's fault, just bad luck. 
Um, it was looking like it could have been maybe possibly a whole posse podium sweep, but, um, you know, the gremlins, the gremlins on that 48 car came out. It was a good run for them. You know, that car has been every single, I mean, they were, they were only racing high limit. It's a brand new car and every week it's every race, you know, it's, it's better and better. They're not like running it in between or anything. So it's really impressive to see the leaps and bounds they've been taken from, First race, barely being able to get out of the C main to, you know, leading a, a feature after only a few races. Yeah, and he took the lead in a hurry. Like yeah. it was like, oh my god, he's leading. He didn't start like fourth, sixth. You know, he was wasn't far back, but he was in the lead really fast. And you know, I think, well, listen, that's a long race. You don't know how it ends up going, but man, he could have won that race. Like that car was yeah. really good. It looked like super early. Maybe it fades late. I don't know, but um, turns out it faded. Pretty abruptly. Uh, I think it was a valve. I think I, I think I saw it drop. Something like he dropped a cylinder or something too. And yeah, so uh, just kind of a shitty deal. And then you know, Brent kind of ass packed him there, and then went to the next turn, and the car was broken and it hit the wall. So yeah, um, yeah, super shitty for sure. But uh, winner, Kyle Larson for the first time in I think it's the first time in the High Limit Series that somebody did the dice roll and, and won the race. So I, well, I think it's the first time that anybody's even taken it. Uh, let alone win. So he's got no, no, that's not true. Uh, Aaron Reitzel from sixth, uh, two races ago. Oh, eight, okay. I think they offered him something that like, nobody took it and they offered him something. He didn't win, but yeah, yeah. But Larson won from here. Not really shocked there. Um, nothing really else from that race that I can really think of. Larson really pretty much well, there was a little drama with Rico, and he thought it would, the checker flag was out, and he stopped. And in the heat race, yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I didn't even I, see that. I all I saw was stuff on social media, so I don't yeah, really. Yeah, I didn't know what really happened. I thought it was much to do about nothing again. Um, I don't know. And they listen, end up putting Justin Sanders into the dash because of it. Correct, and and I know Kevin Swindell made a big deal out of it, which he should. There's a lot to gain and lose there, or a lot to gain for sure. Um, so it's fine with him being upset, but I think the overall sentiment that they were what they can do whatever they want. Like at the end of the day, they can do what they want with this. And this is, yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's also kind of a new thing. And they want to do it a little bit different. Like you can tell. Like, why penalize? Like, come on. Like, this is not, it's serious, but it's not necessarily taking like a word of outlaw point series. Or you know the the Knoxville Nationals or you know something crazy. Enjoy the show, just yeah, show yeah. Shut up and enjoy the show. That, that's where I'm at. Uh, Zeb Wise hard charger up eleven. Corey Lyson moved up ten to finish third. Larson moved up seven. A lot of hard chargers from the back. So like, you know, yeah, yes, you want to get into that dash spot, but you can still a lot of these tracks that they have chosen. There's a lot of passing. Like you can come from, you know, low top ten maybe. You know, if you're fast. Like they thought this out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, congratulations, Kyle Larson. Um, good run for Macri, showing up for the posse, also for Danny and Brent. Um, just didn't get the result. Lackey McHugh. It's going to be a name that I'm probably going to say a lot here the rest of this episode. He came home eighth. Um, keep that in the back of your mind there. So, uh, that. Series goes to Eagle Raceway, tomorrow? which is in Nebraska. This tomorrow. 
tomorrow. They will be there tomorrow. So um, I haven't seen this. One interesting the note from this past race was it was the lowest car count that they've had. They've been in the 40s and 50s. This only had 31, which I was a little surprised about. I didn't think they would be more than 40, but uh, only 31 was kind of surprising, especially since the Outlaws and the All-Stars were all out that way. They were all within you know, a couple of hours. So, um, I just don't think you're going to see outlaws until you get to, you know, the, the biggest paying ones that are left because you got the millions still to deal with. You know, I think that you saw what you saw for a while from the outlaws invading that series. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know, I know the outlaws only bring a handful. Um, but even just like local guys, there wasn't really any, but was out too. what's that? And Justin Peck was out as well. That's true. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, they were down. They were down a couple, but it's really showing that they have a really good base, though. You know, yeah. like they probably have the biggest roster when it comes to, you know, touring. You know, to, to yeah. being committed to every race. So you know, you're going to get at least probably twenty, twenty five cars at the very minimum, um, yeah. Yeah, easily. So. Um, I think that might be one of the lower car counts that you see all year. We'll see what happens when they go to Nebraska this week. I think that's 28,000 awards. Um, so we'll go from Wednesday. We'll hop to Thursday. Um, you were at BAPS on Thursday night. Kyle Reinhardt with the win. Um, tell us what you saw. Um, sliders is what I saw. Um, you know, the track was uh, – it, it, it was one of those, again, where early night, you know, around the bottom, there wasn't – I mean, it, it wasn't great until feature time. They did a little bit of work. We had time. There weren't tons of cars. Um, so they had time, and they really did a lot of work on the track, and and, and it it was beautiful for the feature. Um, they had a cushion. You could run the bottom. It was a lot of sliders to get to the cushion. Uh, Kyle Reinhardt started on the outside of the front row uh, with, with Dylan Norris, took off, took the lead. And, and Kyle Reinhardt, whether it was clean air or in traffic, literally had someone battling him. It felt like every other lot, whether it was Dylan Norris or Jeff Halligan throwing sliders at him. Um, it was super entertaining to watch. It was fun. There was lap traffic, even though there was only 18 cars. There were battles literally throughout the field that almost that whole race. Um, he, he, he held off uh, Halligan on a slider, and then they had a, a restart with a green checkers, and uh, they they took off. Reinhardt went to go, and Halligan was trying to guess the start, and uh, he misjudged it and jumped up over um, the back of Reinhardt, kind of jammed up everybody behind them, and they went into one and two, and it was um, a mess. And uh, Chad Trout, mm -hmm. uh, he threw a slider, and um, he didn't allow De Devin Borden to exit the corner, and uh, took the spot and. Really, it jammed everything up, and Freddie passed two or three cars on the bottom to end up third. Uh, he might have been running sixth or seventh and going into turn one and came out of there third. So, um, you know, Chad was being pretty aggressive there, and I think that was a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, eye for an eye, as we're about to talk about more um, from earlier in the race. Uh, Devin threw a pretty short slider on him, and uh, I think that was sort of getting back a little bit there. And, uh, you know, it worked. They both did finish, but... Devin didn't finish quite as good as he would have if that didn't happen. So uh, super entertaining race. Um, so it was Reinhardt, Halligan, and Freddie were the top three. And, um, you know, so by 9 p.m. on a Thursday, it was fantastic. 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, watching the highlights, you know, besides the one race, of course, that I went to there this year where it rubbered up, all the races have been good. I mean, and that's usually how that track is. Usually you get nine out of ten. They're just good battles, you know, throughout the throughout the field. Um, that track tends to get what especially when they could get three and four wide, uh, like up towards the fence ish. Not all the way up. It usually doesn't get all the way up there. But when they could get two or three lanes in three and four, that's when that track is at its peak. One and two blows off and always gets up there pretty quick. But if they get three and four working right, which they usually do, uh, it it puts on a great show. And, you know, Outlaws go there next month, um, Mm -hmm. midweek show. Uh, It might be the best PA Outlaw race that you see all year. It has the potential. Or it could be, I hate to say it, it could be the biggest shit show too. But... I'm on the no. I'm on the optimistic side of it's going to be a, a great show and really put you know help get that track back on the map a little bit nationally. But the bar set pretty high this year. That Lincoln Outlaw show was pretty good. It's true, <laughs> true. Okay, maybe yeah. it'll be the best one in July. There, there, okay, there you go. <laughs> I like those odds, uh, pretty good. But um, no, yeah, I agree for sure. And and you know, they have a lot of good momentum right now with the races they they would put on and. Even if, and I think they have a pretty good handle on their own track. You know, you can really kind of tell like, okay, we know we can do this and this will improve it. And it does. You get a good sense of they, they're, they're comfortable with doing what they need to do and knowing what they need to do to make that feature what, what everybody paid to come see. So yep. yeah, it was, it was fun. Cool. So that was Thursday. Congratulations, Kyle Reinhardt, that, that course sponsorship. I hey. He's got to get a. <laughs> I am behaving. I'm just giving my opinion there. Um, <laughs> uh, that course sponsorship. I would love to see a whole course wrap on that car. I'm a big course fan, so uh, it's 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 cool to see cores on a on a car. And, yeah, that's a good partnership for a long time yeah. for them. And um, you know, I, I hope that you can always only hope for bigger things for, for from a company of that size. So cross our fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday night, uh, Williams Grove. Uh, I was there for that. Uh, four tens, Freddie Raymer, uh, with the win. Um, him and Danny really battled it out. Eh, I Kinda. wouldn't even say I wouldn't say battled. Uh, it got close though. Uh, real, it was really Danny kept uh, trying to keep up with Freddie as they moved up to the lead. I think they started like towards the back end of the top ten. Seventh uh, and eighth, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, it was good battles. Um. Cam, who we just talked to with a good fourth place finish, he was out there. Him and Lucas were kind of the guys up front for a little bit over about half the race. And then Freddie and Danny came and uh, uh, they worked some a little bit of lap traffic. They had a late caution um, that uh, that kind of stacked it up. And Danny was trying to chase Freddie, just couldn't get there. It was close, closer than I thought it, it was going to be at the line. Um I didn't really see the full end. I was back in the pit area, um, but I, from what I what it seemed like on the replay later, it's it, he he made a charge at it right at the end, but couldn't get there. Danny so was really, Danny's really good in three and four on the cushion. Freddie was running the bottom, and uh, Danny kept trying to cushion him one and two, and it was so far out and around that any momentum he gained off the of four, he would lose him one and two. And listen, I he. he He's the race car driver, but it almost felt like if he could just mirror him in one and two and stay equal, he had a really good shot with the momentum he could carry through three and four 
um, to do that. And I think he was the faster car at the end there, but it's Williams Grove, right? So you got to find a way around and he just didn't, didn't quite get there, but he was, uh, it wasn't for lack of effort as yeah. we will hear as a theme this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, the track started, uh, shout out to Williams Grove. They, they, the rain was coming. Um, it felt like it at least it, it was right after all the heats got finished up and there wasn't enough for any B main. So, um, in either division, um, so there's about it was like 20 in each class or I think USAC East Coast had three 23 and, and I think the four tens had 21. Um, but uh, so there was no need for a B main, but they were keeping it pushing. It was like. It was like eight, a little bit after eight o'clock, uh, maybe like 10 after eight when they got done and they were getting ready to roll in the features already. And it was getting breezy. It was starting to get dark um, and uh, they kept it pushing when they got everything in. Um, which was great. Um, I don't think it actually rained at all. <laughs> but, he missed, yeah. Like it was, but it was close. You could tell. You could feel it in the air, and they kept it moving. So shout out to them for keeping it moving. Um, but, but the track did take a little bit of rubber. It was hot. It was so hot. It was like mid nineties almost. Um, and you know they ran a lot of the heats and everything in the daylight. So it took a little bit of rubber in one and two. Uh, but that didn't mean it was locked down. It wasn't really locked down on the bottom until the end of the USAC feature, which was after the four tens. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, but it was overall, it was a good surface, even though it took rubber. It was it was it one and two got wide. The USAC feature. So um, I was shout out to Carmen and Brett Perigo, letting me hang out in the pit and everything with them and, and help them out a little bit with what I could. He ends up inheriting the pole. Um, uh, the pole sitter pulled right in right before the start. Carmen gets the pole. I uh, ran up in the top three pretty much most of the race. Um, went right before they were about to start, I'm standing at the top of the pit grandstand. I'm looking back. I'm like, why is Briggs' car back there? Briggs Danner, uh, you know, USAC East Coast point leader. He was one of the fastest cars with Alex Bright and um, a couple other guys there and I'm like, well, what's going on? And he's not racing. I guess he, he uh, a rear end or motor or something blew and uh, Ed Aiken lent his ride to him. And so he had to start dead last. That didn't hold him back. He that was something like him ripping the top, especially in three and four. He was just passing two cars at a time, ripping the top. Once he got back, once he got up in the like seventh, eighth, it was, Obviously became harder because the faster cars were up there, but man, he was, he was ripping. <laughs> it was, it was fun to watch. He ends up getting up to third. Um, but Alex Bright takes that home in who was in the, uh, in the 27, uh, in the Hefner 27, it was the Bill Gallagher Memorial. So it was kind of, uh, it was good, you know, good for that whole, that whole team there. And, uh, it was a good feature, you know, it did take a little bit of rubber at the end there. Um, no, it is what it is, but definitely, I definitely think the show is Briggs. Uh, he just he absolutely. So it was, it was actually interesting, you know, getting getting to watch that. You know, I was a little concerned about um, the twenty seven or the five or whatever they're calling it. I guess the twenty seven, twenty seven, uh, and Alex Bright because in his heat race he ran like fifth, and he made up no ground. And I'm like, something's something's off. Like something's not right. Well, after he wins, right. He comes out and he talks and because he started in the middle of that field. He comes out and says, well, we didn't have any brakes during the heat. Well, that's in a wingless car at Williams Grove. That's kind of slicked off. That's not a great no. uh, combination. 
Nope. So I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And then, you know, watching Briggs Danner, and obviously they, they kept the camera on him once he got, you know, rolling a little bit. And they should have because there wasn't a whole lot else to watch, unfortunately, with just the way it all the cards fell and the weather and the track. And, um, yeah, three and four was impressive on TV as you were uh, watching on in person. It was unbelievable the amount of momentum he would carry. You know, I think what made that really work is that three and three and four isn't as wide as one and two. One and two around the top was a mile yeah, out it's there. So, it's so and he ran it anyway. Yeah, and, and especially honestly, especially with the rubber on the bottom. You know, as it took, you know, the it, the the bottom just became undeniable. And once he had a chance to move to the bottom, he did. But yes. throughout, he wanted to keep his momentum up and just keep momentum, momentum. You could tell. And, you know, I don't know how much time they had to get hit the car changed if they did or they didn't. I don't know. It wasn't much. Like, <laughs> that is super impressive. You could jump in someone else's car, go out there and start on the tail and run up the third in a line no one else is running. Yeah. No one. Yeah. I, I, I was, that's what I mean. I was so confused because, you know, uh, where hit, uh, we were parked at. It was only like two or three spots down from Briggs, and I, I, I when they they blew the horn for uh, drivers to get in their car, I saw Briggs get into a car, and I'm, and then when I looked back and his car was there, I'm like, what happened? And then that's when I heard that he was in the seven car, and and I'm like, he, he's gonna come up. I did not think he would get third, but once he got up to like tenth really quickly, I'm like, he he has a shot if he got a couple late race cautions, and he did. Uh, um, but yeah, so that, that was fun. Uh, watching that just makes me really excited for Eastern Storm here in a couple weeks. Uh, next week, I guess it, it'll start here uh, where where USAC comes in, get some wingless action out here in PA. Um, they put these provide some of the best racing um, that you'll see. Sometimes not the best racing, but they they, they can really they're they're just something else to watch. It's it's a totally different animal, even though it's the same car as a wing car. For, for sure. Um, not that I want anyone else watching anything. Not that I want anyone watching anything else. But I'm hearing Jade Avedisian just had a big flip in the uh, Ooh. Yeah, midget week uh, on flow. So uh, hopefully she's okay. Prayers, uh, red flag. They're not really showing much right now, but pretty big flip apparently. Um, I don't have audio, so I'm not sure what's going on. But um, I just see a bunch of tow trucks and cars around there. Uh, so but anyway, again. yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm super looking forward to. Uh, you know you, the eastern storm and i i've caught those over the years here and there um i'm looking forward to being intentional about going and seeing as many of those as i can um i'm super hyped to watch crown cars run around port royal yeah and i hope that they are able to run on the fence because i just feel like that makes a lot of sense to me and i want to see that really oh, badly they will. So, oh, she's out of the car oh, she's climbing good. Good, good, awesome. good. well that being <laughs> said let's get into saturday Let's get let's get into the meat of this episode because I feel I like mean, uh, there there was there was two things on Saturday night and they were pretty much happening almost simultaneously. Yeah. Um. Well, one after another. There's a lot going on. So I was pretty home close. Saturday night. I had seven things up on my screen, seven different races all at the same time. It was heaven. Thank God for streaming. All right. That's all I'm saying. Um. Let's start with Lincoln. $10,000, $10,119 to win for the Steve Smith tribute. Um, Freddie Raymer with the controversial win. It shouldn't be controversial, in my opinion, but it had its drama, of course, because it's Freddie and Danny at Lincoln. Um, 
Freddie gets the lead. There's a late race caution. Danny's tracking him down in second. Um, last lap, they take the white flag. They go into one of two. Danny sends it up on the cushion, pops it, gets into the wall, flips, brings out a red flag. Um, during the red flag, it starts to rain. Race is called because 34 out of 35 laps are done. The race is pretty, the race is at 34 and a half laps are pretty much done. Um, so they called it, uh, Freddie Raymer, the winner. But when Freddie came to a stop under the red for the red, he, uh, he spun it just 180 degrees. Nothing crazy. Just spun it. That's, that's didn't see the spin on flow. So I don't know who was there. Um, didn't look like anybody was around him on, on TV. But didn't look like any harm, any fall. It looks like he just came to a stop, you know, for the red flag. So there's a lot of controversy around that because why should he win ten thousand dollars when he spun to a stop under red flag? What are your opinions on that? Uh, my opinions are it was a great ending, and if you weren't at the racetrack, you should be going. Um, the passion that you see every week at Lincoln Speedway because of those two drivers. Yes. Is unmatched. Yeah. So, but with that passion comes a lot of stupidity. <laughs> right? Absolute mind numbing stupidity over what people think should be happening versus what's happening. I've seen it for years and years and years when Freddie's dad ran at Lincoln and everything that happened on the track, they would say Raymer did it. So as soon as Danny flipped, I just yelled, Raymer did it. Because <laughs> I grew up saying Raymer did it. Um, right. uh, and at the end of the day, he kind of did because he's trying to pass Freddie again because mm -hmm. Freddie's beating him again. Um, you know, and I, you know, after that restart and clean air, Freddie kind of took off. And Danny, once he got going again, got his momentum, he was he was running Freddie down. And uh I was standing on the exit of two, like along the fence on the backstretch, and I saw him go, you know, go down into three. Danny ripped the top, kind of did a cut down line down the front and had momentum. And I'm like, he he was sending it harder and harder into one. Freddie's running the bottom, Danny's running the top. And he was sending it harder and harder. And I'm like, this, this is gonna be good. And I looked, I didn't watch Freddie at all. I watched Danny and I'm like, man, he's flying. His rate of speed on the entry to one was so fast and compared to like what Freddie's you know, slowing down to get to the bottom. So it just looked like, you know, slow motion and just, and, and he went up there and I'm like, uh Oh, and I really didn't think he would crash the car. Like, you don't think that he's, he doesn't crash a lot of race cars on his own. And uh, he did. And it was pretty massive. <laughs> it was a big wreck. And immediately there, you know, it's chaos. Cause it's a last lap. They took the white flag. Last lap, by the way, it had already started to rain before this. It was raining while they were racing. It didn't, it wasn't enough to eliminate the dust. You could still see some dust going. Um, so it wasn't nearly enough to affect the, the track yet um, because they were still going, right? So they would have finished that race under green. It would have been fine. I don't know what would have happened, but I was here for it. And really what you saw was the end of that race in turn one. The end of that race wasn't in turn four with Freddie spinning. The end of that race wasn't uh, any other bullshit that people can come up with. The race was over when Danny flipped because they yes. called for rain. If Freddie, the red flag comes out and Freddie wants to get out of the car and do goddamn cartwheels down the backstretch, the race is over. Yes. Because they never got going again. Now, it's red flagged. Why he spun, 
I, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. The race was red flagged. The argument I have for this is I, I've been around racing a long time and watched it for a long time. We all have. Okay. Everybody watching here has, everybody listening to this has. I'm not special. But how many times have you seen a red flag come out and guys just kind of come to a stop, stop as they want to in different levels of panic? Yep. yep. And somebody might pass someone else during that. Mm-hmm. Well, if they pass them during that. Does that mean they get that spot when they go green? No. 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 Why is that? Because the field's froze, you know, oh, and, well, and so what happens after or during a red flag is the priority is to get stopped. This isn't the first time we've seen someone just kind of 180 or slide to a stop in a weird way for a red flag and keep they kept their position. I mean, it's completely extreme circumstance, but Tuscore 50 last year, you had Logan, I think Danny get out of the car to go help Sisney, who was on fire under a red flag they kept their position you know what i mean like i know it's a totally different situation but it's like and honestly the field's froze they shouldn't that. lose it anyway you want to talk about that and that's a new start race right what's that is that an all-star sanction sanction it race is, we're talking yes about? yeah you get out of the car you're i forget out of the car they they let those guys go out for a safety reason get out of their car and go try to help another driver they didn't disqualify them okay there isn't a rule that says how you have to stop or whatever. They just expect you to stop. Now, Freddie came out of turn two. Danny's flipping. I don't know when the red flag comes out in Freddie's view, but he stopped exiting four. It's a long way around. I don't, again, I don't know. I was watching Danny. I didn't see any of this. Um, and Luke just chimed in here. I agree. I don't understand why it's such a debate. Yeah. The reason it's a debate is because of who it was, right? Yep. And both sides. Both sides here, I've already seen it on the internet because, again, it breeds a lot of stupidity. Passion and stupidity go together, turns out. Oh, but if that was the roles were reversed, Danny would have been penalized. No, that's not true because there's not a rule. And they didn't go back to green. So the what ifs and the, the, the hypotheticals don't matter. Reality is they did not go back to green. Reality is they didn't give anyone a win. He earned it. Yes. Reality is he didn't jump the restarts. Other people did. That's another thing to yep. give him to give him a win. Reality is he started in the front row and passed the car that was on the pole, mm-hmm. I believe. Right? Yeah. He didn't start in the pole. He, I can't remember where he he led all he all he led all 34 and whatever laps. So reality is he led 34 and a quarter laps. To win a $10,119 from the Stevie Smith race. Could you imagine them handing a check to Corey Haas for $10,000 who didn't even lead a lap? It's like like last year. The people that would have been happy are Danny fans. Yeah. (laughs) And Corey Haas. Sorry. Yeah, and Corey Haas, of course. Sorry, of course. Actually, shout out Corey Haas. That was a solid run. Second place. Okay. So, um, and, and, you know, and, you know, Tony Sharp, wherever drivers scored at the line last time is where their mm-hmm. official spot. It's not frozen like a yellow flag. It's frozen on a red flag. It's frozen. Yes. Yellow flag is different. They're still under under. They're still moving. They're supposed yeah. to be moving. You stop, then that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Not on a red flag. No, you're supposed it, to be stopped. He could have just as easily yes. done it. Rudolph would turn two as soon as he saw the red flag, spun himself out to lock mm-hmm. it down to get stopped. We've seen, I've seen that a ton of times. You're not involved in the accident. Now, there's always exceptions. There's always these things, these these weird shit happen in racing. But I've seen cars not involved in the accident, lock up it, spin around to not be in the red flag, and they get their spot back. Yeah. It's, so I, stop it with this. Yeah. 
All this is is people pissed off that their favorite driver didn't win, and the guy that they hate the most was the guy who did win, and they gave him another win. You think for a goddamn second that track wants somebody, a certain driver to win? Stop it. Yep. Uh, Brad yeah. Brad Weatherby here also agrees. It doesn't matter once the red comes out. Field of Frozen has won the race. He's tuning in from Dillsburg. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and um, good point here from Tony Sharp. I've been saying it for two years. Danny and Freddie are the Jeff Gordon Dale Sr. of our dirt generation. If a fan likes one of them, you hate the other. That's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's a rivalry, period. Both with with the drivers themselves. Listen, we as fans, we can fabric fabricate rivalries, right? We want that person to win, not that person. But it doesn't mean that they're rivals in the pits. These two are living out the rivalry, like not just on the track, but off the track. So it fits the narrative, it fits the passion, but it also breeds a lot of stupidity and a lot of stupid as what I saw Saturday night mm-hmm. um, in, in all of it. And at the end of the day, though, I saw 34 laps of great racing. Mm-hmm. At Lincoln Speedway again, and um, I didn't even think they were going to get that many laps in. To be honest, the way I looked at the radar, uh, <laughs> we had the Daryl Walter vortex theory going, and um, unfortunately, it did rain. And I'll tell you this: Danny flipped, and they. Uh, here's the stupidity, by the way. Another one. I'm walking through the infield to go around to the pits. And I hear someone going, oh, they're pushing Freddie to the pits. He's going to the pits. And then Wayne Harper comes across and goes, oh, the drivers have all requested to go to the pit area to wait out the rain. I'm like, hey, idiots. Like, that was the example of like, yeah, you know, oh, all the cars are going to the pits because they asked to go to the pits because it's freaking raining. Yep. That's the kind of shit I saw Saturday night. And I love it. But I'm like, oh, it's also brain cancer. Like, <laughs> it's just mental math with midget. Like. I don't know what the right word. What is that word? Mental gymnastics? Mental midgets? Is it mental midgets. Okay. Don't say that. I can't, you're not allowed to say that. I don't know, um, I don't know anyway. if that's politically correct, but... Uh, uh, okay, they're, they're they're, correct. Clearly, there was a lot of um, alcohol <laughs> being being consumed. Um, but uh, the race was called. Uh, Freddie declared the winner. Corey Haas, indeed, was second. Mm-hmm. Uh, great run for him. And unfortunately, we washed out the 358 feature. Um, which I think was going to be a really good feature the way that track was kind of there. Uh, I think the one and two was pretty far around, but I think three and four had a lot left in it where the guys could have really ripped the, the fence in three and four. Um, but what I'm saying was when I went to walk across the track to go to the pits, I, and it really wasn't raining hard yet, but it was raining enough that they were like, we'll go to the pits. I It was slippery on the track. It was like greasy, and it was slick. So – I don't know. You know, where Freddie stopped too, he was in a rant where he did end up stopping was on an area that wasn't being ran on the car, the cars were running. It was the extreme bottom exit four. Who knows? Yeah. I, who, who knows? knows they, what but there either way, right there. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what happened. Yeah. You know, he, he, it, it was red flag. As Sean Keane says here, he's someone who would know. No, it always goes back to the last complete lap. Always. That means second, right? What's that? I mean, it's Danny second. No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> he's a reason for the red flag. I also heard that argument. He yeah. should be second place because, you know, that's the field's frozen. No, he was the reason for the red flag. If the red flag doesn't come out, he just, does finish second or it, first. It, it's it's Danny fence grasping at straws. And you gotta, you gotta appreciate or Freddie hate maybe it's not even Danny fence, just Freddie oh. haters in general. Oh. Both of them grasping at straws. Appreciate the passion to an extent. 
for sure. It'll That's never be different. I've heard this my whole life in in at at racetrack. So uh, it's just you come to expect it, but you wish people had half a brain cell to that together in the moments but that's why we that's why they show up and i think more people need to show up and have someone to root with uh root for because if you show up to a racetrack and just to see the race cars you'll go back once you'll go once and maybe never come back if you have someone to root for you'll go back yeah sure no it goes back to the last lap but the car in the crash goes through now that just makes too much sense don't you come in here with your common sense and logic sean okay it's None almost like officials kind of know how to officiate a little bit. This was a little a bit. They get it right more often than they don't, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Capetta checked in. Hey, guys. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Uh, Ashley, uh, by the way, doing some cool shit um, with an upcoming race. We may have Ashley on to talk about that here. Uh, mm-hmm. Upcoming. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. Ant checking in. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Ant? Uh, didn't see you in the pit Saturday. Wish you were there, buddy. We'll see you soon, hopefully. Luke. Uh, somewhere. Luke Ritz did ask. Talk about the jumps on the restarts. LOL. We got to talk about that a little bit. I wasn't watching them. So like I was watching the races, but I couldn't see where I was standing. I could not see them. All I saw was the the checker, the yellow comes out and they're, they're penalizing people. Yeah. I did not get a good view of these. So I don't know if Jimmy, if you did. The heats, the heat had Danny and Billy on the front row. It did see Billy got out to a lead, and you know when you're in a second place. Or no, he was was he the pole sitter? I can't remember, but I I didn't see much on that one. Um, but there was one car obviously with advantage. Now the whole row got pushed back. I don't know. If, is that a Lincoln rule where they just they move the whole row back and one person jumps? It was, it was a PSB week format, and that's the rule of PSB week. Apparently, gotcha. is what I heard. So okay. just take that as a grain of salt, but that's what I heard that that's the penalty for that format is that the whole row moves. So I could say there's a debate on the one in the heat. Now the feature you had Dietz and Billy on the front row. Uh, <clears throat> Billy gets a half a straightaway lead going into turn one. Call the row back. Uh, it sounds like Billy was pretty mad. It sounds like maybe chase played around a little bit. I, from me, from flow, now, I didn't have any sound because I'm watching seven different races, but I'm 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 tuned into that one. Uh, I didn't see it. It just it did look like Billy jumped it, you know, uh, you know, sorry, Billy, but it, it did. But I don't like I said, I didn't I wasn't there. I didn't hear, you know, because all it takes is a little bit of a a little bit of a throttle jump to make somebody think that you're going. You know, you can psych someone out like that. And um, maybe that was going on. I don't know. But uh I would definitely controversial. I would turn into Billy's YouTube when he uh, releases the Lincoln episode. I would highly recommend everybody go watch Billy Dietrich's sure. YouTube channel. Uh, it could be entertaining and 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 fun to watch. So, um, yeah. Um, but I will say this: Danny and Billy got moved back a row in that heat, and Billy drove like a pissed off teenager in that heat race. And yeah. got to the lead and ran away from Danny when Danny got the second. Yes. So that he car good all night. That car was hooked up and fast. So he, he came home P five in the feature. So shout out Billy. He still had a good night. You know, maybe not as good as he felt like he should have had, but he still had a he still had a hell of a night. So, um, Tony Sharp the rule for most all four ten tracks. Any jump called regardless of who it, it was the whole the whole roll goes back. Grove Lincoln are the same. Thanks for that information. Um, but it's so. most. 
So we I, listen in jump starts. Yeah. We've seen you just redo it. I've seen one car get moved. I've seen them flip flop. Yeah, yeah. Going into a night, unless you're in a driver's meeting, I don't know that rule as a fan. I don't know what track does what, what track does this, what format, what touring series. You just as a fan, you follow along and go, I guess that's right. Yeah. I yeah. would have to be at the driver's meeting or know every track's rule or this or that. I wish that was a little more standardized. Um, yeah. So we knew, but I I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it happens, but maybe because this one is just, it was the same, it was Billy twice that we're thinking about it more. I, I don't know, but I, I, I th- it would be easier if we knew as fans what was happening and they may announce it, but was it the right call or did they make it up on the fly mm-hmm. or their judgment? I, I don't know. So I think, it, I, I don't know. I like I like the whole row goes back because, you know, if, if Billy's argument is that Chase kind of played around on, on that start, well, he's got penalized too. He just lost the pole. So, uh, you know, because because that could happen. So if it just wasn't a clean start, they go back and let somebody else give it a shot at, at starting. So uh, I kind of like that rule, but controversial, of course, it wouldn't be a, you know, it wasn't just Billy and or it wasn't just Danny and Freddie. And not the other Dietrich was involved. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Port Royal then on Saturday as well. Devin Borden with the win in a wild feature. Um, Sounded like it. It was. It was, uh, you know, 25 cars showed up. Um, we had Derek Locke in a 410. Um, he's running in that a little bit more. Um, but... Mike Walter got out to a nice lead. Um, Blaine Heimbach was there. Um, like Heimbach took the lead. They're coming out of four. Walter slides up out of four, if I'm remembering this correctly. Um, they kind of get together, tied off four. They both get into the wall. They get sideways in the middle of the front stretch in front of the entire field. And uh, chaos ensued there. Halligan took a nasty flip. Um, he was okay. Uh, a couple other cars got got tangled up in it. Didn't look like too many tore up race cars, but definitely um, those three guys definitely uh, had quite a bit of damage. Uh, it was a good race, though, up until then. And then it was still a good race after that. TJ Stutz kind of uh, held the lead for a while. Um, and then Devin came. Uh, oh, Logan Wagner had the lead for a while as well. Um, after that restart and he ends up breaking, I think he uh, left rear, went down. TJ then led up for a while and Borden came back and passed him and won the race. So uh, shout out that he just ripped the cushion, ripped the top, uh, smooth as hell up there as he's been all year, as he's been since he's gotten that 23 car up, up on that wall there. Um, definitely looked pretty good. Um Shout out to Mike Wagner, another top five. He's just been very, very consistent there. Um, yeah, that's all I can really say from that one. Just uh, tough luck for all those guys that got involved in the wreck on the front stretch there. There's a lot of cars. Trenton Schaefer went for a pretty bad wreck, too, in turn one. That was on his own on the start. Um, hopefully, he, everything there is okay. Um, but, I mean, I think, th- I think that wreck took out Devin Adams. Uh, Derek Houck got a good part of it. Uh, Halligan, Heimbach, Walter, um, just kind of a 
a crap deal when it was scary because when they got in front of the field and you knew it, you know, they're, they're barreling coming out of four and you have two cars just kind of blocking the front straightaway. You knew it just wasn't going to end up good. It could have been a lot worse, but it was still pretty bad. Um, it was a weird spot. Like yeah. I've seen a couple of wrecks at port end up like exit corner straightaway. And it's so uncommon to see that at a track with that kind of speed in a weird place. Like when you have those weird, not common wrecks, it's not in the middle of the corner. You kind of not predict, but you know where the cars are going to go a little bit. You have, it was weird. It was just a weird place for it. And honestly, it's usually not that first car through. It's the second or third or fourth. I can't really see where the cars are. Yep. It's a visibility thing and timing. And and thankfully it looked like everybody was okay. Cause that could have been, could have been ugly for yeah. sure. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Um, also with the super late models, Rick Eckert with the win. Um, he just kind of dominated, uh, just went out and did it. And then 305s, man. The streak is over. Streak is over. Logan Spar fell off, man. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Drew Young with the win in the in the Middlesworth car. Uh, it was pretty cool to see that in victory lane. Um, good for that team. Um, yeah, so that those were your results there. Um, yeah. Awesome. Let's go into a quick World of Outlaws. Oh, they ran? Did they do something this weekend? They they ran two races this weekend. Um, kind of watched them on the side. They ran at River Cities on Friday. David Gravel with the win. Uh, James McFadden led 25 laps, came home second. Um, Brad Sweet third. This, this points battle between Macedo, Sweet, and Gravel is fun. It, it really is as much as we hate the outlaws here in PA. Um, it's when they're not in PA, this is fun as hell to watch. Cause they're all like separated by two, three points. Um, so gravel getting the win there really tightened it up. And then on Saturday night, uh, Ogleville, Ogilvy, Ogilvy raceway in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. First time there. Um, Carson Macedo leads all but one lap wins that race. Logan Schuart in second, Donnie Schatz third, Brad Sweet finished sixth. Shout out Brock Zierfoss coming home in eighth, and where is David? David Gravel was eleventh. So I'm wondering how that the points look now. That was a fun feature to watch, by the way. Um, I enjoyed watching that one. I stayed up to watch that after I got home. <clears throat> it is Gravel finishing eleventh is an absolute gift from bill bill rose by the way just want to say did you see that oh, really no i didn't so gravel was uh he he was in the pits he got caught up in uh him and macedo or sweet got caught up in one gravel pitted front wing was screwed up came back on the track couldn't handle spun out causes a yellow goes to the work area it's after halfway so there's no guaranteed time they're coming to green they take the green and bill rose stops on the track before they get a lap in uh, <laughs> they had time to fix so Gravel's car. He comes out to get him out there, or if not, he was probably finishing worth. So I'm just saying, yeah, just randomly stops the one lap after. Um, Carson Macedo, I, mean, I, I thought maybe Gravel had like NOS on the car or something. We couldn't see it. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> um, Carson Macedo now leads Brad Sweet by 10 points and David Gravel by 22 points for. The outlaw point lead right now. Logan Schuart is fourth, 154 back, which isn't that far back. But when these three guys are running up in the top five every week, it's going to be hard to come back. Um, Donnie Schatz with 188 back. 
Sheldon in six, 200 back. Then Geo, Spencer Baston, Brock Searfoss, Jacob Allen round out the top 10. Um, so, yeah. Um, one thing that I found a little interesting before we get into the All-Stars here, uh, Husets ran last night. Um, who's the Bush's chicken guy? Chase Randall, right? Chase Randall. He won. Um, Noah Gass was second. He charged up like 13 spots. Why was he even running? Like, that's a little curious to him. You know, we're talking about not a lot of bat law guys running high limit because they only get so many races. A random Husets race um, for Noah Gass to be there. I mean, he ran great. You know, there's some good cars there. Um, but he comes home second. I just thought it was interesting that he was even there. So maybe something's going on there. I don't know. We'll see. It's something to keep an eye on. Uh, let's get into the All-Stars on Friday night up at Dodge County Fairgrounds. Corey Lyson with the win. Brett Marks second. Rico third. Um, I didn't really watch too much of this race, to be honest. I, I was at, at Williams Grove. I watched a little bit of the highlights. Macri came on fourth. Uh, Lockie McHugh sixth. Again, I told you it was going to be Lance DeWeese seventh. I know he came up. Um, he made the trip out there, uh, a rare trip to 69K. Um, so there was that. Um, and then this is where we're going to get into another topic here. Plymouth on Saturday night for the Race Rudine Foundation 26K to win race. Rico wins. Brent Mark second. Chris Windham third. Macri fourth. Um, Lance DeWee sixth. Lockie McHugh, eighth, just great week. The, the story of the Rico dominated this race. I don't think anybody was catching him, but that battle for second between Macri and Marks got a little dicey towards the end. Um, for the, that was the battle to watch on the on as they're navigating lap traffic. You had Macri on the bottom, you had Brent ripping the top, pretty much all the way around the track. It seemed like. Um, and then one, you know, it, it was pretty apparent that Mac or Marks was probably going to get Macri uh, up on the top because um, not that the bottom went away, it just seemed like Brett was just running faster up on the top. And Macri throws, I don't even know if you could call it a slider. I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. Just kind of slides up. He was blocking is what he was doing. Um, doesn't really leave any room for Brent. Um, around the outside, Brent gets into the back of him because um, he didn't really have a lot of time to really see where Macri was. Get, like for Macri, a little bit of credit. Like it was a good move. He, he kind of didn't leave him many options, but you know, is it dirty? Is it clean? That's debatable. Um, it was just very weird because it wasn't predictable. He was running the bottom every lap, and then for him to just come up like that. I don't know what the deal was, but then Brett got him back. Fuck around and find out. Came back and uh, basically threw the same move a little bit harder on him. Um, that allowed Chris Windham to get underneath both of them. Brett came back and still got second, but um, it kind of that battle kind of took away from them even trying to get after Rico. Uh, what did you see? I already know what you saw, but all right. So, um, I, you know, people watch this enough. For people know me, I'm a Brent fan. Um, so. You know where I'm going to side with this if I'm just being the emotional fan about it. 
but I, I, I had to watch it a couple more times and, and to make sure what I thought I saw was correct. Macri passed Brent on the bottom. Brent was running the top. Macri was rolling around the bottom. They uh, got going, and I think Brent was was equal, uh, maybe a little bit better. They had a yellow. Macri fires off and kind of gets out. Uh, Brent, as he said in his interview, it took him a little bit to get his tires going. Starts running Macri back down. Gets to him. Gets there. Macri knows he's there. He's close enough that Macri knows where he's on the top. Knows he's there, and then the very next corner just decides to take the slowest slide across the track, literally knowing he's parking it in the corner. Uh, it wasn't a slider because he was the lead car. That's yeah. not how you slide that's yourself what, in the lead car. That's right? what I mean. I don't even know what to he call it. The world's slowest slide up to the cushion. And, yeah, it left Brent nowhere to race. That's fine. It wasn't malicious to take Brent out. It was obviously a defensive tactic to hold the position. No problem. Mm-hmm. But you also need to know you're just as susceptible to the same thing. Right. Right. If you don't wreck that car and you do someone dirty, you might get it back. Yep. And that's just, what you got to know that when you commit to doing something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't care that he did it necessarily. I didn't love watching it. I'm like, well, that sucks. Killed mm-hmm. momentum, killed their chance to win the race. But okay. But Brent does it back. And based on the victory lane interview or second place interview, excuse me. It sounded like Macri's team was was hot and pissed off and maybe maybe coming after Brent, running their mouth. I don't know. I wasn't there. But based on the interview, it almost seemed like Macri's team didn't like the fact that they got it back. Well, they got it back listen, twice as hard as, you know. But okay. You've got to be ready for it. You leave yourself open to that if you do it and you don't crash the car necessarily that you're doing. You're, you're, you're trying to pull a move on. But just know if you don't get away, you're just as susceptible to have the same thing happen. And it did. It very much feels like a dish it out and can't take it kind of deal because it seems like lately Macri's been fast enough where he can get away with some of those things and he moves on and he's gone. You don't get a chance as a car that's a little slower to get back and potentially do that back. But just know that Brent isn't a guy that just kind of gives up a spot and says, okay, you got me. Mm-hmm. He's going to go out there and race for every every inch of it, and and he and I, you know, I've talked to some people about it, and both of those guys have had to learn how to race with the best of the best in the outlaws, and you race at one hundred percent every lap. If Macri decides to make that move, fine, mm-hmm. but just know you might get it back. Yep, and just know that to go be pissed off that it happened is a little bit, I don't know, naive. Yeah. To think yeah. that it might not have that it might happen back to you. Yep. So it was very much a fuck around and find out scenario. And he found out. And it's kind of refreshing to see someone else go, Well, you do it to me, I'm gonna do it right back to you. Yeah. And it was nice to see it happen in the same race within a couple corners. Yeah. Yep. And and he didn't right hook him, you know, yeah. he didn't chase Elliot somebody. Yeah, yep. He just did the same thing right back and secured his position and still got to hold on to second. So it worked out. Nobody destroyed their cars. But to be necessarily maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I just I saw it for what it was. And again, I'm a, I'm a Brent fan, so I tried to look at that because I knew we were going to talk about it tonight, as as impartial as I could be. But I'm a fan. At the end of the day, this whole podcast, this whole thing exists because we're fans. So if I'm being a little bit too impartial, sue me. Come, come find me. You know, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hard to miss at the racetrack. We can talk about it, but 
it was very much a fuck around to find out scenario yeah. to me, and they found out. I didn't want to see posse on posse crime out there. You know what I mean? That's Especially when they're trying to track, you know, but uh, it's it was fun to watch. I, I'm a fan of both. Um, yeah, for sure. You, and know, you are. You're right. And, uh, you know, I usually give be- I give Macri a little more benefit of the doubt than maybe I should. That one I don't. I understand what he was doing, but he got what was coming to him. I mean, he, he threw a very yeah. short slide, didn't leave Brent much room to go. Brent maybe could have got on the brakes a little bit earlier because he was, but he came up so slow. Right. I think the only thing I could see Macri being pissed off that maybe he got it back twice as hard. I mean, Brent, he hit him pretty hard, but I mean, you know, but that's, it was a message. It was a message to be like, all right, we race around each other nationally a lot, not just at home at PA, but we're racing for guys are racing for second. You're trying to track down Rico for $26,000, you know, so things are going to get heated. Um, yeah, Macri's team, I could see them being upset, but not to the point where it's like they didn't know it was coming. I, that, that does seem... Or surprised. Like you said naive. Like, like, you shouldn't be surprised that that happened. Um, and they didn't drunk cars, and they still finished second and fourth. So, And, and I'll um, say this, um, totally unrelated to that particular incident, but Rico Abreu is an absolute dog right now. Like, like my man's is big time in the running for the million. Like he has to be in the top, the consideration of absolute favorites for the million. I don't care if it's Eldora or not. He has been shown up at tracks and has been fast at every single one of them. Podium almost everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes and shows up and unloads. And he's a force to be reckoned with. So um, I'm happy for the guy. I mean, I think he's, he's worked his ass off. He's endured. He's he's fought and battled and and not been good sometimes. He's worked really hard to get that pro, his sprint car program up, you know, yeah. they, to, to get up to a point where they can go travel and run wherever they want for whatever money that they want and be competitive and be good every night. And because yeah. a couple, two, three years ago, like he would come into PA and be good for a couple nights and then a couple nights he would be dog water, you know, and but now he's just he's just consistent every night. It's been You've seen this progression over the past two, three years with that team. So it, it, it is good to see. I agree. Uh, got Billy Dietrich in here. Uh, replying to Tony Sharp here. They're having a little bit of a disagreement on uh, <laughs> on on the jump start rule here. Thanks for tuning in, though. Uh, the hard part from a driver's perspective is they don't get to voice their opinion. It's made the decisions yep. made like this, right? A driver gets to sit in the seat and go, what do you mean? There's no way. There's not a discussion. Unfortunately, they're at the mercy of the person who perceived the jump. It's a a judgment call on the fly. And, you know, that's why I'm telling everybody who's watching this, listening to this, just keep an eye on Billy's YouTube channel. I would imagine you're going to get to hear Billy's version of this and you will be entertained and educated at the same time. That's my recommendation to everybody here. Yeah, I, sure. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see it. Like, watch Billy's yeah. YouTube anyway; it's always entertaining. But yeah, this week I'm sure it's going to be fire. Hilarious. <laughs> um, that wraps up the results from the weekend. Any other uh, comments or anything? Um, it was cool to see Riley Emig back out at the racetrack. Uh, yeah. Multiple races. Aaron Bollinger back at Williams Grove. It was cool to see that. Yeah. Um, I uh, hope Cody Harlow's feeling better. He was pretty under the weather this weekend. I heard a few other people were. 
Uh, our buddy JG, friend of the show, Gibbler, a little under the weather. Congrats, you got a new to a towing truck. So hopefully we'll see them back this week. Um, uh, we're hoping to see the Stricklers out in the next week or two again. Um, pretty rough weekend a few weeks back. Uh, they've been regrouping and rebuilding, so we're hoping to see them back at the racetrack soon. Um, you know, good weekend overall. Kyle Reinhardt, congratulations. Go Forgot ahead. about Western PA Speed Week a little bit. Uh, AJ Flick. Second and fourth for local guys going out point standings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mark Smith got a win got last a win. night after they, they really struggled at the beginning of the week, and they really turned it around and got a win last night. Um. Dave Blaney on Saturday night absolutely put on a clinic at Sharon. Uh, he lapped up the fifth and he was about to lap. He had two more laps. He's lapping up to third. Um, AJ Flickdo was consistent all week. He got the, he got the win. I, uh, the speed week title. Um, and I think he got two wins. Uh, Lernerville and I can't remember the other. PPMS? Yes. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Believe so uh shout out to that team he was just on recently really really good dude um we should have had billy back on. i know we should have had billy back on I don't to take about... away, like honestly though i don't want to take away from his setting and his thing yeah here, yeah yeah, yeah I, he has more <laughs> viewers than we do yeah oh yeah, brandon raymer went out to lernerville he ran pretty good i think he finished six uh, or seven, seven. yeah i believe seven. yep for sure good for good for him and um Good for Ryan Smith, who also ran pretty well out there. He finished second in the points um, and was pretty consistent. I think, I think he finished second to um, Mark Smith last night at Knox. Or was it Tri-City? No. Tri-City. Tri-City. Um, so, yeah. So that was cool. Uh, it was There was a lot of cars out at, at Western PA Speed Week. A lot more than uh, in the years past. It's growing. Could, They're doing a good job. What's that? It's growing for sure. They're doing yeah, a good job. Yeah. It's it's only you know we say it's only five nights, but that's still grueling. You know, for you know we're used to Ohio Speed Weeks, freaking twelve nights or eleven nights or something like that, like ten races over eleven nights, and PA Speed Weeks basically the same thing. So you know, Western PA Speed Week is really that thing in the middle. You know, that gear gets you geared up for Ohio and PA Speed Week. Yeah. It's a good time to do it. They they really got something good going there. Got a lot of cars out. Um, you know, so and and shout out to AJ Flick again. You know that that's it's awesome for him to take down that title. It wasn't they they were throwing a lot of money into that purse for people to come out, and um, it's good that he was able to bring that down. Um, other shout outs: Lance Deweese, two top tens going to two tracks that that sixty nine k hasn't hasn't been to either recently or ever. I don't I don't really know. Um, I think both hard chargers, buddy. I think he went from 15th to 6th on Saturday, and then I think he went like 12th to 7th on, on Friday. And uh, like I said before, Lockie McHugh, he just came over to the States. I think this was his first week of racing, and he had three top 10s, two, one with high limit and, and two with the All-Stars. I don't know if he ran Houston's last night. I wouldn't doubt if he did. He's a gasser. Uh, that's a name. This guy I've been watching the last couple of years. Uh, he's a gasser for sure. He ain't afraid to stand on it and make loud things happen. So, yep, yeah, impressive. Uh, let's take a, take a look at the weekend ahead. Um, All right. Uh, shout out to Tony for uh, um, giving us these graphics to use. Um, we got Grove, of course, Friday. Port Lincoln on Saturday. Saturday at Lincoln um, is the Elijah Hawkins Memorial. 
Um, they got a lot of cool things going on. Um, you know, there are still some sponsors and donations needed. Um, you know, contact Jerry Parrish for uh, items for the silent auction. And here's some information here. Um, but yeah, they'll have a silent auction, raffle baskets, stuff like that. Um, I wonder so, if yeah, they'll make up. The, uh, I wonder if they'll make up the 358 feature from last weekend. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I don't weekend. think they announced a date for that yet, so we'll have to find out that. Um, and then Port Royal has the Appalachian uh, Super Late Model Speed Week, um, and then also 410 Sprints and Limited Late Models, I believe. So that should be a good, a, a good show on Saturday night. Um, both places, no matter which one you go to. I mean, we're we're really blessed here to be able to. Especially on Saturday night. I mean, Saturday night you'll get sixty sprint car, fifty to sixty sprint cars split between the two tracks, and then you got three fifty eights. You got late models. You got you got big fields, and you got a good show. No matter which one you go to, um, we're really, really lucky to be able to have that. But um, and then obviously you got Williams Grove on Friday. It's a Yellow Breaches five hundred show with the three fifty eight summer series. Uh, it's uh, only 15 bucks to get in. I mean, it's you can't beat 410 and 358s are is pretty much one of the best cards that you go see. So um, definitely get to the track. Um, fan appreciation night also. So uh, what are they appreciating? What, what's that mean? What's that do? The fans. Entry. What's fan appreciation night do? I think they do like driver autographs and. We have to pay. Uh, oh, they open up the pits. Uh, I did read that they open up the pits early, so you'll be able to, as a fan, go into the pits, talk to the drivers uh, early before the race, so without having to buy a pit pass. So that's cool. It's always a cool thing to do. Uh, yep. Brett Perigo, thanks for tuning in, buddy. Uh, Bedrock has USAC East Coast on Friday. What the hell is Bedrock? I don't. I don't know what Bedrock is. I think he be. Does he be Bedford? Is that Flintstones. Bedrock. Isn't that where the Flintstones live? Bed yeah, that's what I thought. I think Bedrock. he means Bedford, but I could be wrong. Bedrock could be knowing him, it's probably somewhere in the middle of West Virginia or something. All right, bring up that fan appreciation thing again. He yeah. said, look at the flyer. I want I actually I'm I am curious. Uh, was free that free entry for general mission before the races? Yep. Well, I feel appreciated. <laughs> and 15 bucks, man. I mean, that's yeah, that's a great, great deal. price. Yeah, that's, um, that's good. Get to the racetrack, people. Yeah, to the racetracks. Yeah, find Bed more. Bedford. It's not Bedrock. It's Bedford. Oh, Bedrock. That's right. <laughs> Got it. Um, so yeah, definitely wherever you're at, there, you know, this week and get to a track. Also Thursday, uh, shout out Bloomsburg, real quick. I know, but uh, they they'll have ARDC midgets. And Imca Modifieds there on Thursday night on top of their normal divisions, the Speedsters, 602 Crate Sportsman, and the Slingshots and the Four Cylinders. So um, that's also 15 bucks. Get out to the track. It looks like it'll be a nice night Thursday, hopefully. Um, and support support your local racetrack, guys. Um, Sealands Grove rained out on Saturday. They made the right call. Um, they made it early yeah. enough. It was looking iffy. Yeah has given everybody the right to just to just shit on every track when they rain out it was raining up there like north yeah. everywhere north was it, like severe thunderstorm it didn't rain yet when they made the call but we Correct. were getting warnings i'm only 20 minutes from the track 
Um, you know, it, it wasn't raining here yet, but it was so weird. It like it would like it would drizzle for a second, and then the sun would come out, and then it would get real windy. It was very weird. Um, and we were getting weather alerts. You knew something was going to come, and it rained. You know, it wasn't just a ten minute passing shower. It rained here for a good hour. Um, so they made the absolute right call, and it rained hard, a lot of wind. Yep. My power was flickering out. So, um. <laughs> Brent says, I don't know, Jimmy. I saw a bunch of comments saying Seals Grove did a bad call. No, they didn't. They they did it early enough to let some uh 360 drivers get to Orange County, who was also running. Um, it wasn't enough for everybody. I know there's some drivers who are like, that's three and a half hours for me. I totally get it. It sucks, but you work at a race of Seals Grove anyway. So they made the call early enough. Um, at the time I'm like, it's a little weak, like, okay. Um, but it, they made the absolute right call. Um, even if it only rained for 15 minutes, it was hard enough for it to just watch the wash the night away, basically. So shout out to them. They're uh, that and that promotional team there. I know when you're new promote like with them being new too, like they are under a microscope and, and it just especially with social media. And uh, they've they've kept their head up high and, and really have done a good job. So shout out to for them. Sure. Agreed. Um, thanks, Billy says we're doing a good job. Appreciate that. Uh, we're well, trying I mean, here. Water. We get a we, 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 we pro like that guy. I mean, <laughs> um, appreciate John Sertich, thanks for buddy. Uh, always tunes in every week. I said there is a bedrock. There was a bedrock raceway for go karts in Illinois, but it's closed. So that's I think he's that said he's racing at the the closed go kart track um, in Illinois this weekend. He'll be there. Go say hi to Brad. Oh, and uh, tr- uh, truck guy, Travis Gardner, uh, said 358 feature makeup, I was told, is Saturday. So that'll be – so you'll probably get, you know, 410 time trial race and two 358 features. So, Man, where am I going to go Saturday? <sighs> I'll be at Port just because it's closer for me. And it, you can't go – like I was saying, you can't go wrong with either one. We're just so lucky here. To be able to have that, um, Brett here. Um, I appreciate what Seals Grove is doing, especially with doubling the winged and wingless sportsman purses when they race there. So yeah, that's something that they've been doing. You know, we talked about tiered pit passes and some of the other things. Uh, I really think they're on the right track there. Um, yeah, I don't know what they have this week. I feel bad. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I want to say. I know, the late models are at Seelands Grove. Uh, past 305s, sprint cars, limited late models, and roadrunners. That's been kind of like their main thing, has been the 305 sprint cars. They get a good car count there and, and everything. So, And then the next. Nope. Yeah, that's right. The next Sunday. They'll have late model speed week there um, and URC sprint cars that got pushed from this past Saturday. So that'll be a good show that Sunday. Um, it's their 25th annual super late model open on top of it being the speed week. So yeah, that's what we got going on this upcoming week. Outlaws are at Knoxville. All stars, I think are getting geared up for Ohio speed week. If I'm not mistaken, 
That sounds right. Yes. Yeah. Attica six nine. So yeah, it starts. So I have speed week goes Attica, Fremont, Wayne County, two nights, Sharon. I think they go to Eldora. So how many of these are is Danny gonna go race? If Billy, you're still watching there, what's Danny's I, schedule for this? Is he gonna miss Lincoln? I would imagine I'm pretty sure he's committed to the whole Ohio Speed Week, if I remember the region yeah. schedule. I mean, he has in the past, or at least cut it short to the last one. I mean, it changed the last couple of years, but with that sponsor with um oh, it was Sweeney. I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to I hate to screw up. Yeah, no, I know well, yeah. it was. They, they changed yeah, no, what it is. Uh Cochrane. Cochrane, yeah, Cochrane Automotive, number one Cochrane, um, uh, or Cochrane number one, I forget which one. But, uh, you know, I know that they're out there, um, so I would imagine he is. And, you know, that, listen, it's a, it's a commitment to to walk away from your tracks and you're leading or up in the points in. Uh, so, but it's always cool to see him go out there and run and, and yeah. you know, he does well. Almost he won the, did he almost win, the, or did he win the Speed Week title last year? Um <laughs> Billy, Billy says he would he would he Just would hate, hate to miss Lincoln in his favorite track. Um, yeah, Brett, I think that's the case. There was some uh, there was some overlap in years past, and it seems like the last few years it's been more doing this. Mm -hmm. um, I remember yeah. there were times where guys were have to come home to, to start PHB week, leave Ohio, run it, come home, and I feel like they've got that where now it's a little bit of a split. So. Okay, he's running all of it. Okay, right, running yep. it all. So makes sense. So, any Ohio fans out there, you'll be seeing at least part of the PA posse come on out and probably take your money. So, um, yeah. So that that's exciting. Ohio Speed Week. We'll get a lot of racing now to watch over the next. I mean, I it's almost nonstop from here till the end of June. Between that, then you got Eastern Storm, which is throughout the whole week, the following week. And then you got you were right in the PA Speed Week, so summer nationals, and then um, <coughs> the, before uh, you know it, we're gonna be at Williams Grove for National Open. Eldora, it, it goes quick. race. So, um, I think that's it. We'll uh, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I've said my piece. Oh wait, I got. Travis says, I got a question for all y'all. Billy, Tony, and turn two. Oh, no. Ask away. <laughs> Billy says, race to competition and the official in the tower. You're not that fast, bud. They're faster. <laughs> oh, and then Brett says, after PA Speed Week is Indiana Sprint Week. Which... No one cares, Brett. They, they don't have wings. No one gives a shit. <laughs> They're one step away from being a modified. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, how's that for a dig? You got it. Bro. That one, that's a dig. That's a that's dig. A, that hurts deep, deep inside his little wingless chassis. Um, yeah. If Grove and what Lincoln have the same official, what makes the difference? Judgment call. They're all judgment calls. It's not black and yeah. white. The, the the penalty might be black and white, but the call to make the call is is up to the official standing situations there. are different same officials or not the penalty is a rule in a rule book the 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 idea is the way that the rules are written is like hey that start must start together whatever but how many times we've all been fans we've all been for racetrack do you see a start you go hmm they don't call it it's a judgment call it's pass interference in football it either is or it isn't based on someone that's watching it and has their hand on the button the penalty is the penalty 
Yep. Right. But the officials, one night can be, one night it may not be. I don't care if it's the same person. It's just the way it is. We've seen it for years and years and years. There's plenty of starts that you're like, hmm, hell, I think in the 358 heat races, there could have been one called that I was watching that I was like, they're going to let that go, eh? Same night, yep. same track, same officials. You just don't know. That's a judgment call. I think it's just confirmed that Lincoln hates the Dietrichs. It's got to be it. They just want to It's just got to be what it is. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I'm only kidding. I, I want to feed the trolls, bro. <laughs> Uh, badge, best judgment with what you see and you have to make it in seconds. That's true. Trust me. It's not easy. I've been doing it for 20 years. Absolutely. For yeah. Sure. I mean, there is, there's, there's, they're humans. They're, they can make an error, you know, and you, we for don't sure. get, those officials don't usually get the, uh, it's not like the NFL where they get instant replay. I mean, now, you know, if you're showing it on flow, like you were, you can go back and look at it, but you have to make it within seconds and you can't do it down there on the track. So, um, right. So you don't really get that that luxury as uh, that we do is being able to go back and watch it fifteen times. Right. But if you're the you driver too, you you know exactly how 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 it happened in your head. You don't need no replay. You know exactly what happened. It's easy for us to make it sound right or wrong being cow tracers, but it's not. And mm-hmm. the yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, actually, I do want to ask Chalk Guy, what the hell were you drawing on the track before the feature? It was it looked like hieroglyphics, potentially, maybe like the beginnings of a crop circle. It was like a, an upside down, maybe a nine. Were you trying to draw 19 upside down, but it came out as 19, a 9-1? 19. But it wasn't a one first. I got a picture of it, I think. I don't know what it was. It looked like maybe you were spelling out like an ex-girlfriend's name or, or you know, your next Phone tattoo. You know, I don't know, but 19 made sense when I saw it, but it didn't look like a 19. I think you may have done it backwards. I'm going to have to go back and look at the photo evidence of it. <laughs> it was a one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was glad you did it. I, I, In my brain, I'm like, that's got to be 19. And there was someone standing beside me and goes, what was that? And I said, I think it was supposed to be a 19. And we kind of looked at each other. Uh, yeah. This is an g- interesting topic real quick. Uh, from John in the chat, uh, has anyone ever noticed when Wayne Harper announces the driver, every driver, he is very monotone, yet when he announces little Freddie Raymer, his voice gets all excited and goes up an octave. Interesting. Hmm. It's kind of the same thing with uh, Bruce at Williamsgrove. Lance Luis, you know, like always, he just has a way of saying it. He's just gotten yeah. into it. And when a driver wins there a lot, you get used to saying it one way. You know what yeah, I mean? So they're entertain the crowd, honestly. Like he's sort of a hype man. That's a PA announcer. Uh, I would say Wayne Harper isn't too much of a hype man. Uh, he gets more excited for birthday shout outs most of the time than the racing. But here we are, nonetheless. I'm allowed to critique it because I'm a fan. So Nick's a big Billy, Billy Dietrich fan. Nick, uh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday uh, to you. Happy birthday to you. Uh, but you know, uh, even like uh, I think Bruce does T J Stutz. He yep. does it in different feeding inflection yep. than other drivers. So, uh, John, I, while I appreciate you also feeding the trolls, <laughs> I, it's fixed. I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. It's fixed from from the top down. It's been fixed for two two generations of Raymers. I mean, I heard the same shit when I was a kid watching Fred Raymer win all those races and whatever ways and it was fixed for him 
drivers would, you know, just pull off the track in front of him. They would call rain when it runs raining, you know, just all the things to get a framer to win, you know. I'm late to the all show. Right. Definitely be checking out the we'll commentary bits there. We'll the tracks, man. We're gonna wrap this up. We're getting out of here. Yeah. Thank you all for chiming in. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Comment, come see us, say hi, tell yeah, us what sure. we're shitty at, you know, whatever. We don't care. Love everybody. Thank you. See you guys next week. Have a good weekend.